Welcome to the Collins Hill Pulpit Podcast, a ministry of Collins Hill Baptist Church of Lawrenceville, Georgia. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you Bible messages that are relevant to the day and age in which we live. These messages have been preached from the pulpit of Collins Hill Baptist Church in recent days. Now, here is today's message. Our Bible's Hebrews chapter 11. I appreciate the singing this morning. It has, uh, it has blessed my heart, I can tell you that much, so I appreciate you for singing out, and uh, I really do. I love that song, As the Deer, and I pray that that is our prayer, is that as the deer pants for the water, so we long for the Lord. I don't know about you, but sometimes, especially after working uh, in, the, in the heat or running around doing things, there's nothing quite like a, a nice glass of cold water. We're desperate for it. We desire it. And I pray that our hearts and our soul would desire the Lord and would desire His blessing upon our lives. And today, really, it kind of flows well into what we're going to be looking at today in Hebrews chapter 11. So far, we've seen uh, faith introduced. We've seen worshiping faith. We've seen walking faith. And today, we're going to be looking at a message that we've entitled, Working Faith. Now, it's no surprise to you, we've mentioned it quite a few times, that faith, as the Bible says, without works is dead. And we know that if we have faith, then we will work. We work because of our faith. We don't work to have faith, but we work because of our faith. It is out of our faith that we work. And uh, we really find no better example in the Word of God uh, from the very beginning than Noah. Noah, you know the story. Uh, maybe you heard it in Sunday school growing up. But Noah, what did he do? He built a big old boat, and then a flood came, and he was saved, him and his family, and everyone else on the world was destroyed. Well, why did he build that ark? Why did he build that big old boat? Well, he did it because God told him to. Now, we're going to look at a few things today that I want you to take note of. Um, and, and you have them on your handout. They'll be up on the screen as well. We'll get to them here in a few moments. About what Noah did because of his faith. And it was that he worked. We're going to see some aspects of that today. But before we, before we do that, I want us to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. And then we're going to flip over to, Hebrews, or to Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to make a few comments by way of introduction before we get into uh, the, the, the content of the message for today. The Bible says here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now I want you to go with me over here to Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number 6. I want you to notice some things here. Genesis chapter number 6. Make sure I mark my place here in Hebrews. I can get back to it. Genesis 6. The Bible says here in verse 1, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Now I want you to notice here based on this first verse that the multiplication of the population of the world was growing rapidly. There were people among people among people. I mean, it was just exploding. The population of the world was exploding. No, go down to verse number 5. 
And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. (laughs) This is a pretty messed up world that we have recorded for us in Genesis chapter 6. This is a bad condition, a bad circumstance. Verse 6, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. That word repent, we've spoken of it many times, but it means to change your mind. It means a, a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. And it's not exclusively a change of mind about sin. It's not exclusively about that because God, he, he cannot sin. And so there is no sin that God can repent of that he commits in and of himself. But what was he repenting of? What was he changing his mind of? Well, the fact that the, the entire world and the imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, it grieved God. The fact that they were so far deep into sin, it grieved him at his heart. We see in verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. What is God saying? God, He is up in heaven. He looks down on the earth. He sees wickedness upon wickedness upon wickedness. It repents Him and He says, I'm going to bring judgment upon all of the earth. I'm going to judge the world. I'm going to destroy everything. Few accounts in the Bible bring more scoffing and ridicule than the account that we will be looking at today. The world, it was exceedingly wicked and God was going to judge the world. Look with me here at verse number 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God, he was going to destroy the world. He was going to bring judgment. But there was someone that found grace in God's eyes. What do we see here? What, What I want you to notice, we'll bring it out here in a little bit later, but before one drop of water ever hit the face of the earth, before Noah ever took one nail and one hammer to a, to a board to build that ark, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so as we look at this account of Noah, I want you to be sure of this fact, that Noah building the ark was not what saved him. The work that Noah did did not save him. It was the grace that Noah found in the eyes of the Lord. Well, how did he find grace? He had faith in God. Before he ever did one work on on this ark, he had already found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? He already had faith in God. And because of that faith, it worked. Because of Noah's faith in God, because of the fact that in verse 8, Noah had already found grace in the eyes of the Lord, he already had faith, he worked because of his faith. We need to be sure not to get the two mixed up. We need to be sure that we put our faith first and then works follow our faith. If if you're here and you're trying to work and then somehow get to the place where you can attain grace in God's eyes or attain favor or attain faith, it'll never happen. But it's when we have faith that we will work. So we see today working faith, working faith. God, He would send judgment and Noah... Being saved, having faith, would preach for 120 years. But one day, the first raindrop that would be falling would hit the brow of Noah. 
And God, he would, before that, he would send animals two by two to the ark. And Noah, along with his family, that was eight total of mankind, were the only ones that were saved. Eight out of, at this point, there's a possibility of over a million people on the earth. Over a million, and possibly up to ten million, depending on who you read and depending on who you want to be right. As we look today at working faith, we're going we're gonna to kind of discover this question, why did Noah work? Why did he work? Well, we find the answer in verse 8, because he found grace in God's eyes. He had faith, and his faith in God caused him to work. Today, let us explore four aspects of working faith that we find illustrated in the life of Noah. And before we look at the first point, I do want to make mention that although we're looking at the life of Noah today... May our eyes stay on the God of Noah. Oftentimes we can get so sidetracked looking at the individuals in the Bible and the accounts that we have of certain individuals that we forget about the Lord. We forget about the God of these individuals. And so may the Lord help us to keep our eyes focused on Him throughout this message. Number one, I want you to notice here in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to spend a good majority of our time here today, but Hebrews chapter 11... I want you to notice, number one, the warning. Number one, the warning. The warning. The Bible says here, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. God warned Noah of a coming judgment that he had not yet seen. God told Noah, look, Noah, I'm going to destroy the world. There is going to be a flood And I'm just letting you know. And Noah, he was warned of God of something that he had not yet seen. Noah didn't see the judgment of God yet. Noah had not seen the flood. In fact, based on Genesis 2, the Bible speaks of that a mist would come and water the earth. So we can really say um, with quite a bit of assurance that there was possibly never a drop of rain that ever fell upon the earth. That, that they had never seen rain, they had definitely never seen a flood, and yet God comes to Noah and says, Noah, I'm just warning you that I am going to judge the sin of this world, and I'm going to send a flood that's going to kill absolutely everything that exists, but because you found favor in my eyes, because you have faith in me, I want you to build an ark, I want you to build a boat. And Noah, being warned of God, he, he hasn't seen it, he, hasn't, he, he has not had, his, uh, had this judgment of God in view. He says, okay, Lord, I'll build the ark. And he preaches for 120 years saying, folks, there is judgment that is coming. Had Noah seen the flood yet? No. But God told Noah of something that Noah had not seen, yet by faith Noah believed the word of God. By faith Noah believed that God would judge this world. By faith, Noah believed God, took him at his word. There are two types of people in this world. First type of person is one who doesn't believe God. The second type of person is one who does believe God. And when we come to this account of the flood, we have to choose what type of person are we going to be. When we come to our Christian walk, we've got to decide what kind of person we're going to be. Are we going to believe God in what he says? are we not going to believe God? I choose to believe God. 
If we're going to work for the Lord, we are going to have to, we're going to have to work based simply on what He says, not on what we see. You and I, we have not seen a devil's hell. We have not seen it with our eyes. Yet by faith we believe in it. And by faith we read the Word of God and we're warned of it. We are, we are warned that if you die without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that your eternal destination is the lake of fire for all of eternity. You and I have not seen it, but God, He's warned us of something that we have not seen. And by faith we must believe it. By faith, it's going to compel us to work because we have loved ones and we have family members and we have friends and we have co-workers that, that in all reality may be going there in, uh, for all of eternity. And we hold the truth and we must warn them. We see that God warned Noah, but I want to make it a little more personable. We also need to warn others. We need to take the warning that God has given us that we heeded, we, we believed God, we, we accepted His Son as our salvation, and we need to go and warn the world. Maybe you've heard of this illustration before, but there was a, uh, uh, imagine a road, uh, an old road, they were uh, driving down, you could be driving down an old road, and, and there's a bridge up ahead, and there was a, a big storm that took place, and that bridge was washed out. Now imagine if you were driving down that road, I was standing on the side of the road and I knew that that bridge was out. And I were to see you driving by and you were just to go by and I were just to wave at you. Smile, have a good trip. Well, I know that your eternal destination is what, what, what your eternity is going to look like. I know that your death is impending. I know that that bridge is out. You know what we should do, what I should do, is if I saw somebody driving down the road heading toward that bridge, I would get in front of them, I'd wave them down, I'd say, hey, stop. Hey, the bridge is out. Hey, you need to turn around and go the other direction. What are we doing? We're warning others. Can I tell you that in eternity, the bridge is out. That, that, that bridge right there represents the day that you and I are going to go out into eternity. The bridge is out. And aren't you thankful that somebody, as you were walking toward that bridge, they got out in front of you and said, hey, wait a second. You don't want to go that way. Can I tell you about Jesus Christ? And you got saved, and guess what? You're, you're no longer going that direction. But there are people that you and I know that are still heading in that direction. And, and the majority of the time, and I take it to myself too, we just stand by and watch them and just wave them and say, hey, I hope you have a good day. I don't want to offend them. Can I tell you, I'd rather offend somebody here and at least plant the seed of the gospel and let the Holy Spirit water it than to stand back, say nothing, and allow them just to walk uh, to their eternal damnation in the lake of fire for all of eternity. There was a boy who lived in a small town that had a pond that it was illegal to swim in. This boy, he wanted to go swim in this pond and proceeded to ask his parents if he could. His parents said, no way, it's dangerous and you will be hurt if you swim in that pond. The boy was annoyed with his parents and reluctantly obeyed this time. One day very soon, this boy and his friends made up their minds that they were going to go to swim in that pond. Nobody's going to know, it won't hurt anything, we'll just go take a swim, get out. As they walked to the pond, they saw signs that read, danger, no swimming allowed. For a quarter of a mile up to this pond, there were signs of warning. There were warning signs that were saying, Don't go any further. Be careful. No swimming. Danger. 
The boys ignored every single one of the signs. When the boys got to the pond, they decided that they would go swimming. What's the harm, right? It's just, it's just our decision. It'll only affect me. It won't affect anybody else. Little did the boys know that the pond was infested with water moccasins. When the boys jumped in to have fun and enjoy their swimming, it wasn't long before each of them was killed in the water. These boys ignored the warning signs. They were warned, but they ignored it. In the account we have in Genesis chapter 6, eight out of the, let's say, three to four million people that were alive on the face of the earth, eight lived. Why? Because they heeded the warning that was given to them. But millions upon millions died. Why? Because they did not heed the warning. Now this presents a responsibility to us. Because guess what we need to do? You know, those boys, they ignored all the warning signs. But guess what? Somebody put those warning signs up. Somebody cared enough to go out and, and put those warning signs out on the way to that pond. I wonder how much do you and I care of others that are headed towards danger, headed towards an eternal damnation in the lake of fire. How many of us care? How many of us warn others? We see here that God, He warned Noah of things that he had not seen. Look, I know that they haven't seen it. I know they haven't seen God's judgment yet. I know you and I haven't seen God's judgment yet. But the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look, Noah did not see the flood. Noah did not see God's judgment. But he had evidence that was better than any evidence that could be given. He had the Word of God that told him, Hey, there is a flood that's coming. And you and I have the Word of God that says, Hey, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming to this earth. And we need to take the truth of this Bible and tell it to a lost and a dying world. We need to warn others. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 30, or Ezekiel 33, one of the two, that there is something called the watchman. Now in old Bible times, they would have a wall around a city. And they'd have watchmen that were to be looking, just in case somebody were to be coming uh, to cause harm to the city, to destroy the city, maybe an enemy. The Bible says that if a watchman stands there, sees the enemy coming, sees the judgment coming, and does nothing, then every person that is uh, killed because of that, their blood is upon the watchman's hand. He gives another example of that same watchman who when he sees the armies, when he sees the enemies coming, he, he goes and he tells everyone in the city, hey, warning, there, there's people coming to come and to kill and to steal and to destroy. You need to get ready because judgment is coming. The Bible says that the blood of those people that are killed is not on the watchman's hand. Why? Because he did his job. Now I wonder how many people, how many people have gone out into eternity, how many people will go out into eternity, and their blood will be on our hands because we did not tell them. You say, Landon, how, how can we tell everybody? Well, look, what I'm not saying is that every single person that we pass by on the street, that we need to stop them and, you know, chase them down, hand them tracks and different things like that. But we should have the burden that says, if we could, we would. 
If we could stop and tell every single person about Jesus Christ, we would. The reality is, is that many of us are, we are all watchmen. God has said each and every one of us is watchmen. The reality is, is that many of us are not faithful watchmen. We see judgment coming. We see, we see damnation coming and we do nothing about it. We see Noah was warned of God. And then not only was Noah warned of God, but Noah, he, he did some warning. He preached 120 years. But nobody heeded his warning. But we'll see, though, here in this next point, those that did. Look here, not only do we see, number one, the warning, but we see, number two, the working. The working. Okay, Noah, he was warned of God, of something that he hadn't seen, but by faith he believed it. So what did he do? He worked. Notice what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not as yet seen, or not seen as yet, notice here, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I want to give you two things about this being moved with fear here in the working that Noah displayed. Letter A, we see that he feared God. It was a fear of God. Why did Noah work? Why was he moved with fear? Well, because he feared God. He feared God. Now, what does it mean to fear God? What it, what it, what it doesn't mean is, um, is to be scared of God. To be so scared, you know, we, we cower before Him because He is, you know, big, almighty God, and, and He's going to strike us down because He hates us. No, that's not the fear of God that we're speaking of. The fear of God that we're talking about is an awe. It's, an, it's a reverence. It, it's an honor that we give to God. It, it's, it is a, really, in all reality, it is a bowing, bef, bowing to our knees before God because of His wonder and His majesty. We fear God. We fear because we do know that at any moment He could just get rid of us. We know that He is that powerful. We understand these things. But our fear of God it isn't, isn't based on, oh, I'm scared He's going to hurt me. No, it's because He is so wonderful and so amazing. And He keeps His promises. And what He's promised is that judgment is coming. And the fear of God compelled Noah to build an ark. Noah built the ark not to save his life. Noah, Noah didn't hear, oh, Noah, you need to build an ark, judgment's coming. Noah said, oh my goodness, I'm scared to death, I've got to build an ark so I, can, you know, so I won't sink in the water. No, it was because he feared God, he revered God, he honored God. He said, he said God, I have faith in you, I fear you, and I will build the ark. Because I fear you, because I have reverence for you, because I have faith in you, I will work. The Bible tells us that the... In Malachi, that the, uh, the chief end of man in really is to, is to love the Lord, to fear God, to walk humbly with our God. But, but it says to fear God. We are to fear God. Each and every one of us are to fear God. And can I just be honest with you? Sometimes there, there are many Christians here, not in necessarily in this church, but on this planet, that they need a, just a good dose of the fear of God. That they need a good dose of the fact that at any moment God could judge them. That at any moment God could take away everything from them. That there needs to be a proper fear of God. And remember, we don't live because we're afraid of God. We don't live in that type of fear of God. But we just understand and know that He is above all. 
that He can do whatsoever He wills, that God is above and, and God is greater than, and that we must submit and we must respect Him. We see here the working of, of Noah was brought about by his fear of God, but not only that, I want us to park here for a moment. We see the fear of God, but we also see why did Noah work? Because of the fear for family. The fear for family. Notice he says, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I don't know about you, but I don't know how much I'll be able to enjoy heaven if I know that my children, if the Lord blesses me with children, if I know my children aren't there. Some of you have children that need to be saved. Can I just tell you this much? Keep praying for them. Don't give up. God can still work. God can still do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. Some of you have children that, that they're not on the boat. Keep warning. And I'm not, mean, I'm not saying, you know, take the Bible and hit them over the head with it. But pray for them. Witness to them like it depends on you. Pray for them knowing that it doesn't. Witness to them like it depends on you. I, I'm t tell them about Jesus. Give them Jesus. Do your very best. But pray knowing that it doesn't. Pray knowing it doesn't depend on you. Some of you have family members, maybe not just children, but family members that are on the boat. The boat, it was a shadow of Jesus Christ. The, the, the ark was the only way to be saved from God's judgment. There was only one door in the ark. There was only one ark. There was no alternative ways. There was no alternative doors that they could have gone into. There was no second chances. No, the ark is a picture. It is a type of Jesus Christ that says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. You've got family that needs to be told that. You've got family that, that for fear of God, they were, that you, we need to be moved with fear and we need to prepare that ark to the saving of His house. Can I just tell you that this, this is more just a little bit of a, of a testimony here. I'm speaking in the future tense now. Because of this verse, because of what the Bible teaches about having your house with you on the ark. Remember that millions of people didn't get on the boat. But who did? Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. Eight people. Noah's family was on that boat. Noah made sure that his family got on the boat with him. You know, these verses here, they tell me some things about how I ought to be First of all, as a husband, I know that in, in uh, four or five weeks or so, I'll be getting married. I'll be a husband. Many of you are already husbands. Ladies, many of you are already wives. But I know that when I look at what's going to take place, that my first ministry beyond this church, my first ministry is my family. You know what that means? That means there are going to be some things there are going to be some events that I don't come to.
Why? Because there's some time that I need to spend with my family. What does that mean? That means that there's going to be some phone calls, some phone calls, not because I don't like you, not because I don't want to talk to you, but there's going to be some phone calls that I'm just not going to answer at a certain time. Why? Because I'm with my family. Can I tell you, I don't have any children yet, and I, I can't even begin to put my mind into those shoes. But I can tell you this, that if the Lord blesses me and Savannah with children, then I'm going to do my very best to make sure that they get on that boat with me. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to do everything that I can so that they, when they look at their dad, when my nieces and nephews look at their uncle, when my siblings look at their brother, when, when my, I don't know, great-grandkids look at me, if we're still here by then, if whoever it is in my family, when they look at me, they say, he's moved with fear. He's pointing us to that only way. You know, when I look at Savannah's family, I, her grandfather is a pastor. He was her pastor for, for 24 years. He has, him and his wife, Brother Landy and Miss Rita, they have two children. Two are in heaven, but they've got two children. Both of those children are faithful in church. Where they grew up, they're at Rest Haven. Savannah's aunt has two, has two children. Both of them are in church, faithful, serving the Lord at Rest Haven. Savannah has... Uh, her dad and her mom are faithful in church, and so are all of Savannah's siblings. Savannah's brother is at Pensacola Christian College, majoring in pastoral ministries. Can I tell you what? That testifies to me. That Brother Landy, he made the decision. And he's told me this. He said, he, Brother Landy made sure his family got on the boat. There were some things that Brother Landy didn't do to make sure that his family got on the boat. Can I tell you that there are some things that I'm going to do to make sure my family gets on the boat? Now you say, well, well then you just don't really care about me. Well, you, you just don't really care about me. You're not going to answer my phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, first of all, I'm going to be asleep. I ain't going to be with my children. I'm going to be asleep. But you say, well, hang on. Now, we, we've, got, we've got an event, and, and you've got to come to it, but... You know, maybe, maybe old little Landon Jr., he's got a baseball game that night. Can I tell you where I'm going to be? I'm going to be at that baseball game. You know why? You, you want to know why? Because I remember playing baseball, looking in the stands at my mom, my dad, my siblings, they were watching me. And I was terrible, but it didn't matter. So look at, looking there watching, they, they were there. You know what, I don't want my children to know me as a pastor. I don't want the first thing that comes to their mind is, oh, my dad's a pastor. That's, that's not what I want them to know me as. I don't, I don't want them to look at me and say, oh, my dad's a preacher. Uh, my dad is, is X, Y, or Z. I don't, I, don't want them to know, I don't want them to know me by that. I don't want that to be the characteristic in their mind that they think of. You know what I want them to know me as? I want them to know me as their dad. And that's it. I want them to know me as a faithful Christian. 
I want Savannah to be able to look at me and say, yeah, he's this, he's this, he's this. But he's my husband first and foremost, and he makes sure that I, that, that I know it. He makes sure that I know that he loves me. And because of that, because of my desire, and because of God's design that our families are our very first ministries, there are some things we will do, and there are some things that we, we won't be able to do. There are some things that we, we may not be able to come to because we've got to take care of something with family. Can I tell you that I have watched and heard as preachers, and, and, and I'm sure you know this, preachers that have stepped away from ministry because their families are not where they should be. Preachers that have stepped down, stepped away from ministries because their children are in rebellion against the Lord. Sometimes it's not the, the, the pastor's fault. Sometimes it's not the preacher's fault. It, it is not. Satan can work. Satan gets in. But sometimes it's been because the ministry became the mistress. The ministry became the focus and the family became, eh, I'll get to you when I can. Noah, he made sure that for fear of his family, for fear for his family, he got his family on the boat. Can I tell you? Make sure your family gets on the boat. No, you can't control it. No, you can't control whether they get saved or not. No, you can't make them get right with God. But you can witness to them like it depends on you. But you can pray for them knowing that it doesn't. We see here the working. He worked because he feared God and he worked because he feared for his family. Not only do we see the, the working, but we see number three, the witnessing. The witnessing. I want you to notice here, verse 7. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. By the which he condemned the world. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says this. And spared not the old world, speaking of God, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. We see here, letter A, under the witnessing of Noah, he divulged saving faith. That word preacher right there, he was a preacher of righteousness. You know what that means? Noah, he got out, and for 120 years, he said, Hey, I just want to let everybody know that there's a flood coming. I want everybody to know that there is judgment that's coming upon the earth. You need to be saved. He divulged saving faith. The Bible makes it clear that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Noah preached the only way of salvation. There was only one way. One door, one escape, one boat. Noah, he preached this truth while the whole world, save his family, rejected the preaching. Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a preacher of righteousness because he was righteous. How was he righteous? Because he trusted in Jesus Christ. He had trusted in the future promise that God had given, that there would be one that would come that would crush Satan's head. 
We see not only did he divulge saving faith, but he demonstrated saving faith. He demonstrated saving faith. A commentator said he credited God. They did not. He walked in the way of God that he walked in the way God had commanded. They did not. He repeatedly admonished them. They regarded it not. This aggravated their crimes while it exalted his faith and righteousness. What does it mean here when the Bible says, by the which, by his faith, that's by the which, by his faith, he condemned the world? What does that mean? Well, have you ever had somebody that you, uh, I don't know, I can give you examples, but you witness to somebody and maybe they get angry? They They get angry with you? You tell them about their sin. Maybe, you, maybe they're sinning and you say something about it and they get angry with you. I don't know what specific thing comes to your mind. I know a couple things come to my mind. I remember knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm Landon Street with Calvary Baptist Church just down the road. Wanted to invite you to come to church. You're not allowed to knock on my door. Slam! Okay. <laughs> See ya. Go to the next house. The Bible says that by his faith, he condemned the world. When you and I live by faith, when you and I work because of our faith, when you and I live godly in this world, it further condemns the world. Now, what am I saying? The wickedness of the sinner is condemned not only by preaching and by the admonitions and threatenings of the law of God, but by the conduct of every good man. The Bible says that everyone is condemned already. How are they condemned? Because they're condemned because of sin? They're condemned because the Bible says that, that, the, that, the, uh, that God in the creation is revealed and so that they are without excuse? That They're condemned because of that. But when you and I live righteously, when you and I live godly, when you and I live by faith, it condemns the world even more. Because when they look at us, they have even more, even more of a reason, or even more of a lack of an excuse, if you could say it that way, to not believe. Noah demonstrated his saving faith, and by demonstrating his saving faith for 120 years, those that rejected him were further condemning themselves. The more we live for the Lord and live by faith, the more the world will see the guilt and folly of their own lives. We live righteously, the world sees how unrighteous they're living. We live by faith, they see how they're not living by faith. We live godly, they see how they're not living godly. Does that make us the the standard? Does that make us the example? No, 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 no. That makes us someone trying to live like the standard. And when we live by faith, we are pointing to the one who is the standard. We see he demonstrated saving faith. Not only do we see the working, or the warning, the working, the witnessing, but lastly we see here the warrant. The warrant. In other words, what was the ground? What was the basis? What was the bottom, the foundation of Noah's working faith. 
What was it? Notice the Bible says, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. How did Noah become righteous before God? He became righteous before God not because of him building the ark. He became righteous before God because of his faith. And because of his faith, he worked. Go with me to Romans chapter Romans chapter number 4. I'm hoping that I can find the verse. I don't have it written down. The Lord just laid it on my heart. Romans chapter 4. Look with me at verse 1. We will look more at this. Okay, yeah. Romans chapter 4, I want us to notice something. We, we're going to look at these verses uh, probably either next week, week, week after that, as we come to the faith of Abraham, but I want you to notice something. Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. So basically, if Abraham was justified, if Abraham was righteous before God because of what he did, he would have reason to glory. He would have reason to say, oh, I did it. Verse 3, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. What does that mean? Well, we work. When we work because of our faith, it's not to get grace, it's because of grace. Go back uh, one page maybe there in your Bible, Romans chapter 3. I want you to notice a couple of verses here. We're closing, but I, I want to make sure that I, I hit these verses. The Lord just laid these verses on my heart. The Bible says here, verse 21... But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It's, it's seen. It is made real. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. The righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. How do we become righteous before God? How did Noah become righteous before God? By faith. Verse 23, you know it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Read this verse with me aloud. Here we go, on three. We're going to put a little oomph to it, okay? Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then we come to verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are justified, we are made righteous before God as judge. Why? Because of the grace of God through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Go one more place with me. Go to Galatians. I read this in my devotions. Galatians, chapter number 2. There are many that say, I'll work my way to heaven. There are many that say, I'll build the ark myself and that'll save me. There are those that'll say, I'll do my very best and I'll make my way to heaven. I'll get there on my own. I'll keep the law, I'll do X, I'll do Y, I'll do Z, and I'll make it. Galatians chapter 2. 
The Bible says this, verse 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified. Justified, what's that word mean? To be declared righteous before God is judged. By the faith of Jesus Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Noah was not justified because he built the ark. Noah was not righteous because he built the ark. You are not righteous because you did something great and wonderful. You are not saved because of your own work. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. On April 14th, 1912, as Savannah makes her way to the piano. On April 14th, 1912, the Titanic went down. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of lives were lost. They only re recovered 306 bodies. Only 194 were identified. The others so decomposed that they could not identify them. They retrieved a body from the water on April 23rd, nine days after the sinking of the Titanic. They hung a tag on the body that said, Body 174. Later, they were able to identify the body as the body of Robert Bateman. He became one of the 306 bodies that could have a name on its grave marker. Robert Bateman had a nephew named Tom. Tom received a letter from Robert just a few days after the sinking of the Titanic. Robert had written his nephew before he boarded the ship. I want you to notice this. The letter said this. Tom, if this ship goes to the bottom, I shall not be there. I shall be up yonder with Jesus. When I think of our working faith, when I think of faith that works, I think about the warning that God's given us. <laughs> We've got plenty of warnings that God's given us. We've got the warning here of His Word. The warning that we have set forth by the truths of this Bible. We've got the working. We work because we fear the Lord. We work because, man, we want our family on that boat. Maybe you're here today and you've got some family that's not on the boat. Can I tell you that today is the day. Maybe you make the decision to start praying today. For that family member, whoever it is. Maybe you've got a family member who's away from the Lord. Maybe you make the decision, today's the day I start praying for him. And I'm not going to quit praying for him because God, I'm going to witness to him like it depends on me, but I'm going to pray to you knowing that it all depends on you. Maybe you think about your witness. Are you divulging, are you sharing saving faith? You say, Landon, I've been, I've been sharing the gospel tracts, I've been doing this and I haven't led anybody to the Lord. Noah went 120 years, only had seven that received the message he preached. Keep on. Keep on working. Keep on witnessing. Not only are you witnessing with your mouth, but are you living it with your life? Are you demonstrating that saving faith? God saved us. Are you demonstrating it? Are you, are you, are you enjoying the ground, the warrant by which you're righteous before God? Faith. Are you thankful that God has given you the, the desire, the burden to grow in your faith? Maybe you say, my faith is a little stagnant right now. Can I tell you, today's the day. Get it right. 
Ask the Lord. He'll hear you. Ask the Lord. Lord, help me grow in my faith with you. As Savannah plays and we stand. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Bible message. We pray that you've received a blessing and we look forward to being with you again in the future.